Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Mapping the College Edition, a podcast where we explore the landscape of the college theater world and try to demystify this daunting audition process. I'm your host, Charlie Murphy, director of MTCA. That's Musical Theater College Auditions. It is and it always has been. And today we've got a freezing cold, rising lake tide of a show lined up for you. Matthew Hoagland from Carthage College, who is a schoolmate of some of our wonderful MTCA vocal tech coaches and was himself a podcast listener, which was a little thrill for Megan and me, is on the show today. And he's in the the process of transitioning Carthage from a BA to a BM, which is a really exciting process, almost as thrilling as how a bill becomes a law. So this episode has a bit of schoolhouse pop rock feel to it, to be sure. That was a little pun for you. You're welcome. I am a dad. Um, In this episode, we got into the well-rounded education right on Lake Michigan. Uh, We talked about that transition from BA to BM, including some interesting classes like A Year of Pop Rock, um, learning that music theory so you can plunk out your your new workshop music, uh, which we talked about in a future episode a little bit as well. Um, We talked about the dual scholarship opportunities in both merit and academic scholarships that are available. Uh, We talked about blowing up the audition format, how Carthage's audition is different from the traditional format um, and some of the expectations of this longer kind of class style audition we got into. And then Matthew shared his advice of nothing to prove, only to share. Um, Before we get into the episode, I will give you our third and penultimate reminder of our junior workshop, which is happening November 9th at 8 p.m. It will be a jam-packed hour. We're going to chat a lot about the expectations in this process. We're going to get pretty granular with what you're going to need, how to self-assess where you are now, how to begin building your school list, etc. We've called it launching your college process, and it will very much feel like a launch for anyone who's still near the beginning of your process. Of course, if you're a regular listener and you already know a lot of stuff and you want to jump right into an initial consultation for more of that personal advice, of course you can do that at any time. But we do these kind of workshops as a way to help people who are not yet ready for that step. Maybe they're a little bit more tentative. They're still trying to figure out what exactly is going on. If you're not totally sure what this process looks like, it will be for you. So again, that's November 9th. It is a Wednesday. If you're listening on episode drop day, it is one week from today. And if you're a week behind on your listening, it is tonight. Go click on that link in the show notes right now, or if you prefer to navigate from our website, you can go to mtca.nyc and click events and then click junior workshop where you'll see all the details and the link to register as well. And it's all for free. Did I mention free? Free. Um, For me personally, we're deep into no shave November and my mustache is bushy as can be. Um, I also got to see some really great theater this weekend. Um, I saw Leopoldstad, um, which was really remarkable. Um, I got to see it with my mother, who is the daughter of Holocaust survivors herself, and so much of it felt like it could have been ripped from our family headlines. Um, like my grandfather, who is a number theorist, um, to some of these conversations about like stolen art, which is exactly my mom's professional specialty. Her professional specialty is like the legality of these puppet governments and international comparative law. She is an international art thief. That would be interesting, though. Um, but I highly recommend that show. I think it's really great. And then uh, Elizabeth and I saw the great Mike Berbiglia, who I've been a fan of for a long time. Um, his new show, The Old Man and the Pool. Uh, we got some free tickets, which we love free tickets. I mentioned free. That workshop is free. We love free. Um, it was also really hilarious and moving, and I also highly recommend it. So um, though those two are very different experience in the comedy show and seeing Leah Polchstadt. Um, in terms of sort of the laughs per minute, but they're both great. So if you're in the New York City area and thinking about going to either, pull the trigger. I'm totally for it. Um, 
I hope you all had very wonderful Halloweens um, and have made a plan to go vote. That's going to happen before we next see each other. Um, you got to use that right or lose that right, right? They say uh, freedom isn't free or democracy dies in darkness. So let's not let democracy die, you know, and whatever other truism you want to use. Okay, that is enough preamble. Let's get to this episode with Matthew Hoagland from Carthage College. Well, we are so excited to have Matthew Hoagland from Carthage College on the pod today. Uh, Matthew has a Bachelor of Music in Music Education from Anderson University and an MM in Vocal Performance with a Musical Theater Emphasis and an Advanced Certificate in Vocal Pedagogy from NYU. He's performed in the National Tour of Spamilton, Off-Broadway in Emergency the Musical. He's done some regional theater. He's music directed. And he is now the Assistant Professor of Music and Director of Undergraduate Musical Theater Studies at Carthage College which is located in Kenosha, Wisconsin. They have 15 to 20 intended students in their class size. And we'll talk about the degree law today. They currently offer a BA in music with an emphasis in music theater, but we're now working on a transition to a BM in music theater in the next academic year. So we're going to get into a lot of that today. Matthew, welcome on the pod. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Not going to lie. We're so excited too. I mean, you know, we named this pod Mapping the College Edition. And so we really try to show as many different kinds of schools, some that have been around for many years, some that are in this kind of transition, you know, so it's exciting for us to kind of be at that um, nexus where we go, okay, I was here, I'm trying to go here and, and to be able to discuss some of those things, especially because you're talking about two degrees, which we've talked about less in a BA and a BM. We've certainly had plenty of both on the pod already, but the idea of like, you know, what program is as it transitions from a BA to BM, I think is going to be really exciting. Um, But before we get into that, I just would love to know a little bit more of the previously on. We gave a little bio, but are there any like tidbits or fun facts that are going to be informative for uh, our listeners? Yeah, totally. Um, I started my life out as a pianist and got into choir, uh, got the bug, and then decided I wanted to go on and be an educator. Um, I was someone who took a gap year between high school and college, uh, and it was actually a great choice for me. I needed a little bit more clarity on what I wanted out of my degree track Mm -hmm. and uh, went and got my um, BM in music ed, and then I became a high school choir teacher. So I taught high school choir for six years in Indianapolis, Indiana, and we did show choir and concert choir. So I am well versed and bathed in all of those things. Um, And then also music directed there, which was great. And then I was really fortunate to get a teaching grant that took me to New York City. Mm -hmm. Um, And while I was there, I ended up taking a lesson with a woman who had told me about NYU Steinhardt. And then I went to go get my master's and advanced certificate. And the rest is history. Um, So I feel like that's sort of a unique thing I can bring to the table of coming from an actual classroom environment to then go totally. to the New York and live the dream and do the thing and then come back. And especially having some real roots in, you know, having spent a lot of time teaching in the Midwest. You know, I think sometimes um, some New Yorkers are like, ah, I've been in the New York and I've, I've learned all my stuff. And then you're like, I'm off into the middle of the country. And, and it feels like oh, you don't necessarily understand the roots of it in a way that I think you're really going to understand. One of the things we're talking about is, you know, how many music theater programs there are in the Midwest. And I think that's something that you're really... Uh, um, you know, going to be doing with Carthage, but yeah. but let's get into that. So, um, this is really an exciting moment of transition, right? Yeah. I'd love to kind of hear a little bit about you know where Carthage has been, especially with I know it's only your second year there, so this is a, a you know you're still getting to know that yourself. But where it has been and where you're trying to take it to. So when we think about like what a Carthage student is, tell me about what a Carthage student has been. You know, the current students now. And then also kind of what the intention is as uh, we kind of reshape this program. Um, So the current Carthage kid, um, human, is uh, someone who wants a well-rounded education and someone who wants to dip their toes in many waters. Um, So we, uh, we... Uh, I've heard on your podcast before talking about how we always have those like almost usually the academic uh, really well uh, uh, performing students in musical theater. Um, And I always like yell in my car and I'm like, it's because we're all nerds Um, (laughs) because we just love it. Right. And Carthage is one of those places Uh, we're going to attract. And I say nerd in a loving way, of course, because I myself am one. We love Uh, nerds. We're all nerds here for sure. We we sure are. Right. Um, So we attract that. We attract those people who are interested in learning multiple facets of the discipline, multiple facets of different disciplines, and then being able to put it all together. So that's sort of the kid that Carthage attracts in of itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 
uh, our history shows that we've had those people who have become nerds and they uh, leave from here and they go perform or they teach uh, internationally, regionally, all over the world. Um, so we sort of attract that kind of person who's hungry to make their own sort of decision and choices and mm -hmm. then go off and like live their best life. And that also rings true for what the future is. I don't think that's really changing. We're still looking for those uh, those humans who are wanting that knowledge and wanting to be the best they can be, not necessarily in a competitive environment. That doesn't jive with me. But what does jive is you reaching your best and highest potential every day. Uh -huh. And like, that's what I'm interested in. Well, and tell me a little bit about the goal, because th this is certainly not unique that, you know, more, many programs over the past, let's say 25 years, have changed from a BA either to a BFA or a BM. Mm -hmm. What was the, um, what was the intention or what are you hoping to do in actually changing the degree, you know, and also in, in remodeling the program to, obviously there's more, going to be more intensive focus, or in some ways there's going to be more, you know, um, discipline specific focus if we're changing degrees. What was the thought behind that for you? Really? it was I saw uh, I saw a need in the area and I saw a need in my own current students mm -hmm. who just were hungry for more information and they just they just wanted more. And so I wanted to be able to offer that. And so uh, what I think we've done is a really great job of streamlining the curriculum that builds um, uh, right directly with their acting and then their musical theater techniques courses, along with the uh, four years of private voice and the four years of dance. You're gonna get that professional degree in like the uh, the nicest, uh, most amazing setting, not to mention we're literally on Lake Michigan. So you can literally walk out of my office and see the lake. It is beautiful, even in February when she is cold. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, it's to me, it's that sort of like all boats rise, all facets of your degree, of your interdisciplinary degree are like rising at the same speed. And that's something that I really like that we can offer here. This is an odd metaphor. All the boats are rising in the frozen Lake Michigan. I feel like, no, everything right. sinks in frozen Lake Michigan or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know the physics. I didn't get a physics degree, but it doesn't seem like it's quite right. Um, <laughs> but I, you started to do it already. I'm just going to say, let's go a little deeper on the curriculum stuff. Yeah. You know, especially because, you know, uh, we often talk about how the letters of the degree don't necessarily matter so much in what is a BM versus a BFA, especially. Right. But, but given that it's a Bachelor of Music, what am I taking in terms of like credit hours in the music world, in the music theater world, in the acting world, in the dance world? Talk me through a little bit of that in the four years. At least I'd love to hear what you're anticipating an incoming freshman would experience. Sure, absolutely. Um, so because of our, we're accredited by NASM, which is the National Association of Schools of Music. And through the BM track, it means that 50% of your courses are going to come from the music department or the music catalog. Um, so you're going to get your core, especially those first years, you're going to get your music theory, you're going to get your RL skills. And then you're also going to get musical theater techniques one and two, which is my version of like intro to song analysis. Mm -hmm. Can you sing and tell a story at the same time? And let's figure out how to do it mm -hmm. um, so that's uh, then plus dance you're going to be in ensembles uh, you're going to then also take keyboard which is also really important to me because you got to be able to plunk those parts because you and I both know you get in a workshop of a musical and you go home with new pages that night and you got to come back the next day with it ready to go and instead of calling your best friend who's also a pianist you mm -hmm. can just do it yourself and save some money yeah, we had uh, so, the great James Jackson on the pod just recently, oh, who was saying he yes. walked into, you know, whatever, this was his first workshop with Michael Jackson for um, Strange Loop. And Michael Jackson was so impressed, Michael R. Jackson, this is, um, was so impressed. He goes, you already know your part. We don't have to sit there and do it all. He goes, he goes, yeah, I came in prepared. And then that's, of course, what was the forming of a great friendship. So, of course, we support being able to plunk out your parts and teach yourself the music for sure. I cut you off, but please continue. No, you're fine. You're lovely. Um, and then also you're going to take uh, acting uh, in that first year. You're also going to take acting one and two. So you're going to lay that foundation work. And then we're just going to build on that over the next three years that you're a part of this. So we've got the sequence of musical theater techniques that's going to go up to scene into song, duets and trios. And then we're going to spend an entire year on nothing but pop rock vocals. Hmm. You and I both know where this industry is and where she's going to stay for a hot second. And listen, if you can't enter interpret a pop song from the 50s and a pop song from 1992 a la Britney Spears, like, what'd you learn? Mm -hmm. So I, uh, that's something I'm super passionate about and giving them sort of that last push into the way the industry is headed and where it's currently at. And then, of course, we spend, uh, as most schools do, we spend a year talking about um, audition skills and sort of a mm -hmm. showcase atmosphere and experience. 
Would you say, is it fair to say that of the three aspects of musical theater, everything sort of music, dance, and acting, that compared to most programs, it will be slightly more focused on music? Is that is that an intentional choice? Or is it? would you say that's not, it just happens to be a Bachelor of Music. We're not actually focusing more on music than the average BFA. Um, I would say it's really comparable. At the end of the day, to me, the biggest thing is I need storytellers who happen to sing and can also move their body at the same time, right? That's what, that's why we all got into this field. That's mm-hmm. all, that's why we are all attracted to it. And like I would say, even as a music director in the city or working professionally, I'm always looking, can you tell me a story? Because your voice will follow that story. Your physicality will follow that story. So I'm really looking for storytellers here. Yes, it's going to be a BM, but it's really an equal. Again, we're back to Lake Michigan. All boats are rising on that frozen lake, my friend. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think just uh, I would say not every program will, you know, have a keyboard program. Well, it will teach you to, to do that. Not, not every program will have a year of pop rock. I mean, that you know, some of those specific, you may have a styles class where that's covering all sure. the different things, right? So, so in some ways, it does seem like there are a couple more areas of music where you are giving them just more time and more credit hours. I don't know if you've memorized every BFA program, but compared to all the other <laughs> BFA programs, I say that's a, that, that's a nice, that's a, a benefit. Yeah, great. I have not um, memorized all of them, but don't get me wrong. I have perused them for sure. Perused, of uh, course. Yes, of course. Um, you mentioned the idea of moving, you know, in terms of dance. How does it work with leveling in terms of, so if I come in and I'm, I'm a really advanced dancer, but I want to get, you know, stronger in the other skills, how am I being treated maybe different than a, a really beginning dancer? Yeah, so we, uh, all of that is placed, so you're placed by our dance coordinator, and so you're sort of leveled into where you need to go in the progression of dance classes, and it does end then your senior year with what we call Movement for Singers, which is essentially every class is a dance call, Mm -hmm. and you are ready to go, and we're prepping you for that sort of audition environment, but you've learned all the techniques uh, between first, second, and third year. So I believe if I was an acting student, quote-unquote acting, I would be a theater BA student student at Carthage, yes, right? How does, how do the theater BAs or how will the theater BAs, I know this is some of this is anticipated, how will they interact with the musical theater students, if at all? So what I love is we are very much a collaborative interdisciplinary degree. And I know not many schools can say that. Um, but I appreciate the fact that um, I, I work across the aisle because I have to, because that's what we do here. We are collaborators in all of our fields. And so uh, it's great because we have the opportunity to not only just be in musicals, you also have the opportunity to be in plays. We have an amazing new play initiative where we have uh, like uh, what's coming up down the pike over the next couple of years is going to be really exciting for plays that we get to put on to our humans first before they then see different um, workshops and iterations down the line of their progression. Um, And those theater students are a part of these. They do have to take um, music theater techniques one and two. They do have to learn how to be vocal with uh, with their voices in a singing style. So it is truly uh, all boats are rising and everyone's together on this. We're mm-hmm. fully collaborating, which I think is also another reason why we love this genre because mm-hmm. we get to work with so many fabulous people. It's, it's so true. We've talked about that so many with our artist episodes of, you know, with a community and what it is to work together. Collaboration has been four or five episodes of em- emphasis on it. it. It is a huge part of what this thing is, what this, this business is. You know, and I think that's also too, like that speaks to what we all sort of experienced through COVID, like sorry mm-hmm. to bring up the C word, but like it is literally what we experienced. And we were like, we were all hungry and starving for collaboration mm-hmm. and we found it in whatever way we could. Mm-hmm. And now that it's back, I think we're all just still a little bit hunger starved for collaboration. Totally. So I'm excited to bring that and emphasize it more here. Uh, you mentioned the the showcase or the senior year um, in terms of what you're doing to prepare your students for the business. Talk to me a little through that, that last year. You mentioned, I think it was audition class is what you'd said. What is that audition class? And then how how are our students in this? I know all this is also anticipated. How will those BM students, as they you know are reaching their senior year, get connected with the industry, You know, figure out how to reach out to the industry, et cetera? Right. So that starts with our location. So we are halfway between Milwaukee, Wisconsin and Chicago, Illinois. So we are right along that corridor and we are ready for you to hit either market, which is something I think is a really uh, great thing that we can offer. We'll also, for the record, be the only BM school in the Chicagoland area. So 
here we are, right? So let's get these kids ready to go into their professional world and sort of bridge that gap between student mm-hmm. and professional. So that first semester of their senior year is going to be an audition business skills class, which uh, is pretty atypical for everyone else, where it is going to be, we're going to learn the business of the business. We're going to get all those things that set up headshot resume, actors access, website, uh, your Instagram, your TikTok, what's your social presence, all of those things. Uh, so we're going to have that. That's going to be open to all uh performing majors so theater Mm -hmm. dance and musical theater um and then that showcase is going to be specific to the chicagoland area so instead of uh going and flying and doing a bi-coastal sort of um showcase we're just going to do it in the chicagoland area get all the footage you could ever need in the world Mm -hmm. because we know that a lot of appointments now are still going to be um virtually for that for those initial calls. So let's get you all that footage you could ever want in your life. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, so, you know, both currently and what is anticipated, the kind of breakdown of right now, where where do most Carthage students come from? Or are they coming from most of the Midwest, mostly from, specifically from um, Wisconsin? Or where are we, they coming from? And then where do they end up? Do most of them end up in Milwaukee and Chicago? Or do many of them end up in New York and L.A., Texas, Florida, where, wherever? Uh, so we actually have a lot of people who are coming from Illinois is actually our biggest mm-hmm. market. Um, but we do, of course, uh, have people who come from all over. So I have a couple of students right now who are from California, Colorado. We've got the Midwest pretty much covered. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have... we do have a Floridian and we also have, I believe, someone from uh, Massachusetts as well. So we do sort of cover the gamut of all things, but a big part of it is from Illinois. Mm-hmm. And then what about where they end up? Do, do a lot of them end up currently, and I know you're not going to know with the BM students until they graduate, but do a lot of them currently end up in the Midwest? Yeah, a lot of them stay and work professionally in the Milwaukee-Chicago corridor. It's just we're so set up for success right there. Um, And they've made all those sort of personal and professional connections that they can. But we do have humans who go and leave. And uh, we do have humans who go to New York and they do the New York life. We have people who go and work internationally. We have a lot of uh, theme park and cruise ship people. So Mm -hmm. they're working all over the world, which is awesome as well. I like that you keep emphasizing that they're humans. There's no animals here at Carthage. No, These are only, only humans. for humans. <laughs> they're, they're, you'd think they'd be inclusive of all, but no, it's only humans that are allowed at Listen, Matthews Carthage At the College. end of the day, we are all just humans, right? And we're humans who just want to sing and dance and act at the same time because and it's exciting and how we want to like share our passion with each other. So why not be like good humans in the world? and sing and dance at the same time. <laughs> totally. And Matthew's emphasizing there, I think it was from a previous episode, I talked a little bit about like where people end up. And we, yeah. we just, of course, want to reemphasize, it's not that we think there's anything better about New York or LA or whatever. I mean, you know, Carnegie Mellon had a showcase. We I went to the Third Coast Showcase in Chicago because we're like, yes. we want to go meet people in Chicago. It's a great market. We're making, of course, is right now where you could totally make a living as an actor, as a singer, as all those things. Absolutely. And look at all the new musical theater. Where's it happening? Yes. Chicago, right? Yeah. yeah. Not all. Like, Wait, like Matthew's saying all. Not every <laughs> single new musical happens in Chicago. But yes, I know. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Thank you. I just say, see, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about the other C word. You mentioned the one that we don't mention. But let's talk about cost um, when we talk yeah. about what are we talking about in terms of what a Carthage student should expect to pay. But then also uh, on the website, we saw some really interesting scholarship opportunities yeah. for your uh, department. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Absolutely. So um, if we were to look on paper, the cost is around 26000 per year. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, I actually, and I don't know if I can actually say this, but I don't know a student who actually pays that. So uh-huh. like, here we are. Um, so we do offer a lot of academic scholarships. Again, we're all nerds here. So here we go. If you're not a nerd, you're still welcome. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to turn you into a nerd. But you are, are. You're a nerd in some way. We just have to in, <laughs> unleash your inner nerd. Even if That's you're right. not nerdy in the traditional sense, we'll find the nerdiness of you. Exactly. Uh, so we do offer academic scholarships, and then we also offer merit-based scholarships. So I have a pool of money to which I can pull from uh, and then give those merit-based scholarships. And then it's a direct conversation with the admissions team uh, and I to literally be like, okay, I want to give this kid this much money. And they're like, mm-hmm. great, we can give this kid this much money. And then we send your offer letter. And hopefully you're happy about that. And just for you, merit means um, artistic merit versus academic yes. means academic. It's a little confusing. 
some schools call Sorry. merit academic money, but no, everybody uses yeah. it differently. It's very confusing. But you're yeah. saying you have a pile of academic money they'll get from the university. You have a pile of artistic money that you can play yeah. with, and then you combine the two. So you have two pools of money to pull from with us, which I think is a really great thing um, because it's not just one bucket you got to pull yeah. from. And I know you might not have an exact median amount, but but when you say like nobody pays 26, what are people are typically, are they paying half? Are they paying three quarters? Are they paying a quarter? Do we have a sense of where we're going to end up in the, you know, if I'm a student, I'm really, I got a 1590 on my SATs. I'm really academic. I'm an amazing singer, actor, but I come from a decent amount of wealth. I mean, if my family is not going to get uh, um, financial aid, what might I end up paying at Carthage? Are you going to pay anywhere from half to three quarters of that? Uh -huh. um, I would say most of our students are around the halfway mark. Okay. Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'd love to just talk a little bit about, you know, and uh, say, of course, only what you, you feel comfortable saying in this world, because I love that you mentioned you're sort of not trying to create a competitive environment, but just yeah. sort of seeing the competitive field of musical theater schools. You know, they're, they're really, when we started doing this, there was not, there's like 10 times the amount of schools as there were back then. I mean, it just keeps, you know, mm -hmm. programs continue to expand in terms of their own competitives, ones that existed and new ones started, you know, in the past 15, 20 years, that's been a, there's been a huge expansion of options. You know, what are you thinking that's going to kind of help you stand apart, right? Um, not that you need to be unique, of course, in every way, but, but you know, we've seen those schools so successfully, you know, whether it's a Caitlin Hopkins or from Texas State or, or Vicki Buster from Baldwin Wallace, all both guests on the pod, who've really, you know, expanded a program which had not been super well known to be incredibly well known. Do you have sort of a thought of like, hey, here, here's how Carthage is going to find their way in or here's, here's what's going to really distinguish us from the field? Yeah, so I'm. Um, this is my like life motto. I have. I care about it so much. I have it tattooed on my body, uh, and that is nothing to prove, only to share. Mm. And that to me, I'll say it again for the people in the back row: nothing to prove, only to share. And the people and listening, is, uh, Matthew's removing his shirt where he slowly <laughs> has. If you're not watching the video, it's just tattooed all across his chest. I don't know if you can oh, see. Oh God, um, it that is, is what's not happening. for the record. Thank you. It no, is on my forearm. Is, I will uh, show you. Oh, beautiful. And, and that is a state? Is that what this is? This is the state of Indiana where um, I lived most of my um, uh, teenage life. Yes. Um, so uh, that's sort of my philosophy on all things in life. We don't have anything to prove, only to share. So whether that be, if that's the only thing you take away from this podcast today, um, uh, like I always wish my humans walk into a room and just share what they have. Mm -hmm. Th that's it. You don't have to prove anything to us. Just share who you are and that will make us excited and want you to like come be a part of it. Mm -hmm. To answer your question, um, to me it is uh, musical theater is not about hitting a certain like uh, genre or character or uh, cookie cutter type. I think we have completely blown that out of the water, thank God. Um, and it's about what are you bringing to the table? What can you share with us that makes you unique? And that's what I want to capitalize on, that whether this program blows up or not, I hope it does. And even if it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me because I will have cultivated that garden where we can literally grow as individuals and as artists. And that's something unique that we can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, throw it in the Chicago market and see what happens and what sticks. But you're going to go in knowing this is my brand. This is who I am in this world. And like, I'm going to share that with you. I love it. It's both a garden with things growing. It's a lake with waters rising. Many metaphors. Um, You're welcome. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, uh, we're going to take a little break. And then on the back end, we're going to talk a little bit about that audition process for ah. Matthew in terms of um, what it has been and what it's going to be. Can't wait. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We are back with Matthew Hoagland. And we're going to talk a little bit about the audition process. So again, in this, this context of just quickly what it has been and what it will be, tell me a little bit about what the audition process has been for you. And then what what the sort of, you mentioned kind of blowing it, everything up and, and reforming it. What is the sort of intention of next year's class, two years from now, three years from now, et cetera, with the audition process? Yeah. So before it was a pretty standard uh, to... 32 bar cuts, contrasting of any way you wanted to sort of view that, and then uh, two one minute monologues. So that was, uh, and then also a dance uh, call. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty standard and pretty typical. You'd come in, you'd do your dance call, then you would come in individually, you'd give your two cuts, your two monologues. We'd talk to you for a little bit about your plans and what you want to do, and then we'd send you on your way. So I think each person ended up getting probably a 20 minute sort of time slot for auditions. Um, so I'm blowing that up and making it a little bit different, which does mean it's more time commitment up front, but it's because I want to see you as a full and total human. I keep coming back to that word, but that's <laughs> the best way I can explain it. I want to see you as a full and total human um, in this atmosphere. So we break it down. So. The first part is going to be a meet and greet. So you and all the other auditioners who are with you that day, we do a little bit of a meet and greet. We get to know each other. You get to know some current students as well. So we get to start to build that bridge immediately and welcome you into the musical theater family and community here. And then we teach you an ensemble number. So we're going to teach you a shortcut from like, I don't know, say Legally Blonde, which we're doing in the spring. Thank you so much. Um, and so maybe we teach you that and we just want to see how you hold a part in an ensemble. No one's really taking or writing down feedback. It's just sort of like, what are we getting from you and how are you interacting in the room? From there, then we all go and we take a musical theater jazz dance class mm -hmm. and there's no sort of uh, going down the line. It is simply I want to see you in a class atmosphere. I want to see how you learn. I want to see if you're someone who beats themselves up and runs into the corner or I want to see if you're someone who can automatically reverse the across the floor to the left and you're ready with your triple on the left as well. Mm -hmm. Either all are welcome. I just want to see where you're at. Then from there we go into, which is probably my favorite part, which is going to be the actual audition and workshop experience. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get up and you're going to individually do your two 32 bar cuts and you're going to do your one one minute monologue, but you're going to do it in front of all of us. Mm -hmm. And then you get All of us to, meaning students too, sorry, sorry, faculty and students? Yeah. Yep. yep, yep, yep. So if you're an auditioner and my current students will be there as well, they're going to also go through the process so you see what that's like. Um, and then we're going to workshop those things with you. I know a lot of times in the audition sort of circuit, we get sort of really polished and we get really good at doing the thing uh, over and over again. And what I want to see is what can you do when a new note is thrown your way? Or what can you do when you're doing it in a, maybe a different heightened situation mm -hmm. with more people? So I'm really interested in sort of that aspect and that approach also gives me and uh, everyone in the room a chance to give you feedback. And we talk about how mm -hmm. we give feedback in a positive and constructive way. Um, and then at the end, you do have a, a 10 minute interview slot with me. So we talk about what are your goals? What are your dreams? What do you want to do with this degree? And how, uh, how do you think we're the right choice for each other? So it ends up being like a five-hour audition, but like, oh my God, I would have so much fun with this audition if I were a kid. It sounds amazing. I mean, I love the, love the idea of having a five-hour audition. I, I guess my question is, does this mean that it can only be achieved on campus as of now? Or are you doing any unifieds or any virtual or any, any regional auditions? Or is it only you got to come to campus and spend the five hours? So we do offer a virtual option. It is uh, a lot less invasive than the five-hour yeah. uh, uh, audition. And that is, of course, my goal. I want you to come see the campus. I want you to come audition in person. I think it's so important. Again, if you pick nothing else from this podcast today, like go visit the college campus and trust your gut. Mm -hmm. 
if you literally are like, yeah, this is somewhere I can literally envision my life for the next four years, then run. If you're mm -hmm. like, I don't think so, then go somewhere else. Like as someone who did that, trust that gut. Mm -hmm. um, but we do offer uh, virtual uh, audition opportunities. Uh, it just means it's going to be a little bit more legwork on both of us because I'm going to then sit down, have a Zoom conversation with you, talk about your goals, talk about yeah. your passion and see a little bit more about who you are as a human. But as of now, no auditions outside of the Wisconsin area. So you guys aren't traveling to New York, no. Chicago, LA, or you know, Atlanta or Florida or some of the places where people go. Correct. We are not. Great. Um, can we talk a little bit about, because it's something that we teach um, in our mock auditions. We do like, especially for our actors, we do like a movement call where we talk about yeah. like, what is it to like audition in a quote unquote class environment, right? Can we talk about what some of those expectations are where like when you're taking class as an audition, what yeah. you're expecting from a student, because it's that, I, I think always that tenuous balance of like, I want them to think well of me, which is sort of this performance mindset, but I also want to organically and authentically take the class. And like, how do you expect the students to kind of balance that as they're in the jazz class, not auditioning, just taking a class, but of course they know they're being judged and what they're doing in the class is going to determine their acceptance. Yeah. Well, I hope that, um, uh, my hope is that they just sort of fall into it and they just ex experience the class and just enjoy it. That's what it's there for. Um, uh, I have a friend who told a great professional modern dancer uh, who told me when I started taking classes with her at Steps, um, she's like, you take class for yourself, you don't take class for anyone else. Mm -hmm. And so I will never forget that because I did walk into that class and instead of comparing myself to everyone else in the mirror, I all of a sudden now realized I had to take that class just for myself and do mm -hmm. it that way. So I'm gonna ask the same of my kids who come in and audition. Um, take this class for yourself and just do it. I'm not sitting here putting you on a rubric like you're great or you're not. Just mm -hmm. take the class for yourself. It's so much easier said than done, but of course it's I the know. goal, right? It's like dance like nobody's watching. We know how attractive that is when someone can do it. But yeah. if you're not a confident dancer, I mean, I'm not a confident dancer. It is hard for me to dance like nobody's watching. It's, you know, you just have that awareness of like, but people could be watching and are they looking at me? You know, it's like that hard thing. Even though you go, just take the class for yourself. Just take the class for yourself. It's, it's easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. And let's see what you do with that information, right? That's right. always, that's that's information for me as well. Totally. Um, let's switch over because you'd mentioned those two buckets of the academics and then the artistic in terms of money. How is that going to work in terms of admission? And again, we know you're all, this is all new, so you can only speak toward in the generalities of what you know. But, but in terms of like, if you really love a student, is it just about them passing the academic bar of the college? Or does the academic side really get to weigh in and go, we really love this student? Do you have, you know, how does that work in terms of the actual admission process with academics? And when I say academics, I'm gonna again clarify this because we had a, a listener question about I'm talking about grades, SATs, if you factor those in, essays, the whole academic side of the application. Yeah. So they do have to be accepted into the college to also audition for us. Um, that happens so, first. So they've already been accepted yep. in the college. Okay, great. Yep, yep, absolutely. So, and if not, we were, do require them to apply for the college before they can audition. Yep. So uh, that is sort of the first step is apply and get into the school, uh, into the college itself. And we have a rolling admission. So that's really easy for them to do and get an almost uh, – uh, an immediate response on that. And then we're able to tell you whether or not you're in our program as well, which we do have an early decision. If, I'm sure this will come out right around the time of that first audition, but yep. we have our first audition on Saturday, November 19th. And uh, so we're really lucky because we're able to also tell you, hey, by December 15th, you have a spot in this program. Uh -huh. There's no commitment requirement. It's more just, I'm letting you know you have a spot if you want uh -huh. it. I love it. Yeah. And then how do you interact, if you do, with the academic side of the application? I mean, do you read their essays? Do you look at their grades? Do you see their transcripts? Do you, you know, check out their SAT scores if they happen to submit them? Like, how does that factor in for you if it does at all? Yeah, it does. I want to see who you are in the world and I want to see the things that um, spark your interest or things that you've done in your high school that sort of make you that well-rounded human that's going to be attracted to a liberal arts institution anyway. Um, I just want to see what you've got. I, I'm not going to hold any bias against it. Um, I, I'm not I'm never going to hold someone's GPA over them. I don't think that's fair as humans. Some of us are really great at taking standardized tests and some of us are really great at sitting down and playing chords on the piano. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I'm never going to pull that into a decision on a human. 
uh, again, it comes back to, are you going to be workable? Are you going to be someone I want to spend four years with? And are you going to be someone who's like constantly hungry for knowledge and essentially want to be a nerd? Um, I'm going to throw another listener question at you, which is yeah. just what's in a letter of rec in terms of for you? Like, is it something that you read a lot? Do you read, uh, you skim over it? Do you not check it at all? How are you interacting with those letters of recommendation that these schools ask you to do? It depends. Um, if, if I've got a kid where I'm like, ooh, I could, they're maybe in a like category of money where I'm like, let me read a recommendation letter to see if this is going to bump them into a different category. Uh -huh. And I can usually justify that and say, well, according to this recommendation letter, I think they should go into this pool just uh -huh. a little bit higher or, you know, however that may work out. Um, I think, too, as someone who writes recommendation letters frequently, um, it's not necessarily what the words on the page are. It's also what words aren't on the page. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think recommendation letters can be um, tricky for some people to not only write but also like ask the right people for you want someone who's going to defend your character and also say that they have room for improvement and room for growth and that's really what i'm looking for in uh, in a recommendation letter mm -hmm. and then you mentioned this sort of the audition process is really holistic for you um yeah. in terms of the artistic decision I are, are there separate, uh, you know, scores in each, you know, acting, singing, dancing, or is it just about we're looking for this interesting human being and we, you happen to be great at dancing, you happen to be great at singing. How, how do you factor in terms of the three disciplines for the musical theater um, majors? Yeah, I'm looking for people who are willing to grow in all three areas, uh, even if they come in, they're a really strong dancer and maybe they're not uh, a strong vocalist yet. We've got the faculty to make them strong vocalists, mm -hmm. so let me help them on that journey. I think if someone comes in and they're already, a, to use the term triple threat, if you're already a triple threat and you're coming into this program, or any program for that matter, like, great, really proud of you. Are you still able to learn? Mm -hmm. um, that's that's something that I think is super important. So I want to see where the like holes are, where are the places that the boat has not risen to the frozen lake yet? Mm. How can I help you rise that? Yeah. It's rising to the ice where it's going to hit against the top of the ice. I don't I feel this is a terrible, this is like a, a nightmare is what you're getting. I can't wait for the like caption of this episode to be like, Matthew Hoagland talks about the frozen lake Michigan. <laughs> On slowly drowning at Carthage College. Um, <laughs> let's Strike talk, that. Strike let's that. Talk a little bit about, um, just you mentioned, because uh, I want to be careful with, uh, I don't get you in trouble with your um, school and just also with expectations for this next year. Uh, talk to me about what we keep, keep saying the intention is to turn it into a BM. How kind of sure is that? Like if I'm a freshman applying next year for Carthage, first, what is certain as of now? And then where should I expect to find that information of going, ah, this is definitely true. I, I know what I'm looking for versus, you know, sometimes schools say we anticipate this, but in 2025, but it doesn't happen exactly that way. How, what should they expect in terms of what, what we know now and what we don't yet? Well, I'm really thankful that I have a lot of support behind me. I can't do this by myself. So I have a lot of people who are here uh, in the faculty and in the administration who support this. And so um, I hope that it will be on the books by May of this year, so May of 23, mm -hmm. so that I can start offering it in August of 23. Um, obviously, I'll do a huge uh, and bigger marketing sort of push when it really does come true to fruition. But hopefully, we'll have that pushed through by May. And how will that work for current students? Let's say I'm a sophomore right now, or or if I am, you know, if I'm admitted this year and I'm going, but I was, I'm interested in that BM. Is there the option to sort of slide into transferring into that, or is it like you have yes. to start as a freshman to, to begin? Nope, there will be an option to transfer into it, which also was super important to me to make that available to the humans I already have. Um, so if they're a first year, they'll be able to transfer into that really easily because that first year curriculum stays the same. Mm -hmm. Same for sophomores, it just means a different sort of um, uh, de declaration of major, which that's an easy sort of fix mm -hmm. on our end. Uh, so yeah, so first and second years right now will be able to opt into that program if they want to. Again, hoping that it all goes according to this master plan. <laughs> and, and how does it work in terms of... Um... If I'm interested in Carthage as a college, and I'm not totally sure that I want the BM, I'm interested in musical theater, but I'm also interested in theater. How does that work in terms of like admission? You know, if I can I apply as a as a, a musical theater hopeful, but then also then I'm accepted into the the theater program. If not, or how does that work in terms of, um, or if I want to apply to the theater program and then maybe make that change partway through my freshman year? How does that interaction work? 
Yeah, all options are available and valid. So we offer a minor in musical theater, which is great, and that won't go anywhere. So it's totally housed within um, this same major field. Um, and then let's say you're a theater major and you're like, I think I want to jump over to the dark side of musical theater. Come on over, we'll take you. Um, and that's an easy transition as well. Or you can just be like, uh, you know what, I really want to come in and I want to do communications because that's something that's really passionate to me, but I want to be involved in productions and I want to be involved on the like, back end of theater. You can also do that as well. Our productions are open to all students on campus. They are not major specific. We obviously give preference to that, but it is not a requirement that you be a major mm -hmm. to be in our productions. I love it. Now you're coming into the school. It's so weird to think, say post pandemic, but if it's your second year, really, you've come in. You've only known it in in the pandemic, right? What yeah. learning or what what um what are you taking from the world of okay? We've gone through this crazy pandemic together. Um, we've gone through this you know racial reckoning together. Like, what are you taking from the past three years that you're kind of moving forward as you uh, reform Carthage? Um, what I think is really great about what we've been through um, is that we all have a renewed sense of self. We also have a sense of ourselves in the world. And we have a worldview now that has been open and shifted in a new way. And I think that we all as artists bring that to our work now. And we view things through a different lens and we ask tougher questions and we uh, and, and we riot when we don't get what we need. And there are ways in that that is like stunningly beautiful and gorgeous. And I'm so proud of the students I currently have and watching them grow and watching them become these, uh, to use the term, woke individuals who are literally helping us on the path towards what we need to be doing as not just an industry, but also as a human race. And so I'm really excited to be a part of that for them, for sure. Um, uh, one thing uh, on the other side of that is we all got really good at technology and we all got really good at self-taping, especially mm -hmm. here at Carthage. That was an entire year for them. So vocal juries productions were all done via self-tapes and Zoom and all of those sort of recordings. So I will say these humans are ready to go. We've all got ring lights. We've all got the blue mm -hmm. screens like we know iMovie back and forth. So uh, I would say that's one thing that's really uh, kind of helped them transition through. And so they've got a ton of material already for their websites, which will just make it easier as they transition. To that end, you seem to have drapes that are made of, or a curtain made of grass. Is that what's going on back there? It's uh, sure your, your shade is fully a vertical lawn. Is that accurate? Uh, yes, uh, I I do not have a window, unfortunately, in my office, but this uh -huh. is my grass wall. Um, there good. is a neon sign on its way that's just gonna say breathe, because we breathe. need to do that. We love. Yep. Well, that's yeah. a great place for a self-tape against the vertical lawn of right. Matthew's office if we need it. Except film your self-tape in landscape, though. Don't do it in portrait. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Listen, great note. Listen, friends. You've got well, to do it wide. That's I, You mentioned social, so I don't ask all the schools this, but I, I'll throw this out there. Often yeah. we, at our artists in the, the last um, bit of this uh, interview, we'll chat about sort of their relationship with social media. You mentioned sort of you know helping your students with what their social media presence is going to be. Um, I'd love to hear about sort of what some of that teaching is and then also what is, what's Carthage doing in terms of getting their name out there on socials and what you're doing. And so uh, tell me a little bit about your relationship with social media. Yeah. Um, uh, personally, I know how social media works and how it is literally used as your platform and as your calling card. I'll never forget, I worked with Kate Lumpkin uh, for Full Out No Marking during uh, the pandemic and taught a lot of classes with her. And uh, that was such a lovely experience. She's a lovely human. Shout out to Kate. Um, and uh, she was someone who really was like, as a casting director, I'm going to go straight for your Instagram. I'm going to go straight mm -hmm. for your uh, TikTok wasn't really there then. But like right now, I'm going to go straight for your TikTok mm -hmm. and see what's out there. Uh, so to me, it's about being searchable and it's about having content out there in an easy and accessible way for humans to find. So that's my relationship with it. And also the same thing I teach my humans. you got to get your stuff out there. Even if you don't love what it is, still throw it out there. It might not be the best quality. doesn't matter because we're seeing you and we're seeing you in different facets in different ways. So that to me is the super important part about social media. And then as far as a college, um, we have, of course, the Instagram, the Facebook, the things that are happening. I do think... Uh, 
you know, it's a TikTok generation and we're all now on reels and TikTok. And that really is where that future is. So if you got those video editing skills, hmm. man, blow that up because it's going to it's going to help you a bunch. What we're learning is we got to teach ourselves keyboard and visual editing. If, if we can do that or video editing, if we can do those two things, we're going to be in good shape. We're, we're all going to be happier humans. I believe it. <laughs> um, my last question is just, I'd love to hear, you know, uh, we mentioned some of our parent listeners at the top there in terms of yeah. uh, any advice for the parents of a 17, 18 year old, as we're looking at this whole landscape and maybe as they're thinking, oh my gosh, do I have to drive all the way to Carthage to do this audition? Oh, what are, what are we going to do with this thing? I don't know what that's the voice that they get. Ah, what, are, what are we doing here, kids from the, from the 20s? Um, but any advice for these parent listeners in terms of how they can best help their children uh, through this process? Yeah, I was really fortunate. None of my parents are musical at all. Uh, so I was really fortunate where they said, okay, we don't know anything and we'll ask people who do and then we'll support you along the way. And um, I think that is probably the best advice I can give a parent. Ask the questions and support your, support your kid along the way. And I think uh, a lot of times parents are like, well, okay, this isn't a traditional like, quote unquote, job track. It's not like a nursing or it's not like an engineering where you're going to literally leave and then be offered a job sort of situation. And I challenge that because this is actually a very typical way to leave uh, an undergraduate experience and then go right into a job market. Mm -hmm. It doesn't uh, just because you got a BM or a BFA or a BA or whatever, you did something for four years and you have that work ethic and drive behind it that can honestly make you really great at just about anything. And we know, uh, especially in musical theater, we're learning communication and interpersonal skills that are going to make you great for literally any job in the market. And if you decide you want to go on and maybe you want to teach, we also at Carthage have a lovely one year master of music in musical theater vocal pedagogy program mm -hmm. that ties right into our teaching that you're learning in the undergraduate level. You could leave here in five years with a, a BM and an MM and just go do exactly what you want to do with that. So I, I would just challenge those parents that support is the best thing ever and know that like this job this degree it will help them so much more than i think we all realize as our great susan blackwell says transferable skills she insists that we sing it but it's really true i mean it's Absolutely. so true with bfas bms B i mean this this work is like so much of what the modern economy is asking from people right you know we're not we're not, so now like, less going to be in factories you know hitting um you know widgets or whatever the things that we had to do 50 years ago but so much of the economy now is about communication is about you know your ability to uh, to reach across different platforms to different people um yeah. speaking of those platforms where should people check out more information about carthage do we want them on the instagram do we want them on websites so they just re-listen to this podcast a million times where should we go yeah, let's do it. I know you're going to just throw this in the show notes, so I'm going to go through it fast. Mm. I got you. He's a listener. Uh, I sure am. Thank you. Uh, so you can go to www.carthage, C-A-R-T-H-A-G-E dot E-D-U slash music theater. That'll take you to our homepage and you can find anything and everything you want there. You can also follow us on all social media platforms at Carthage College and also at Carthage Fine Arts. You can find us all there. We love it. And I think 0% of people are going to type in that address. They're still going to just Google Carthage. Let's be honest. They sure just, are. Yeah. Carthage Musical Theater. We just never actually type in an address. We can't do it. We're not capable. Um, yeah, and if true. you want to follow you directly, they could at Mr. Hoagland. Is that right? Mr. That is Hoagland? correct. Mr. Hoagland. Yep. My middle, my middle initial is R. So my parents didn't know I would be a teacher as long as I have been. And here we are. So it's funny. Here we are. Man, I'm yeah. We love it. Um, well, Matthew, thank you so much for the time today. It was such a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you, Charlie, for having me. I so appreciate it. And I wish all of you the best in your audition journey. And remember, nothing to prove, only to share. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Matthew. That was not a lip trail. That was supposed to be a burr. It's cold, but I don't feel good about my burr. That would have been better, I guess. Um, I thought Matthew was so fun and free and really easy to talk to. Um, I'm normally not quite so loose with the faculty members, maybe the way that I am with some of the other artists, but um, I think it's a real testament to him and how easy it was was I was tossing those jabs about him, his sort of very normal metaphors that I had to keep mocking. Um, so many good takeaways from this episode. We could have takeaways about 
parents in the process. We could talk about school visits, class style auditions, and probably a lot more that I didn't even just list there. Um, a few of those I have talked about in previous episodes, but some of it I'll definitely get into more in the future as well. Um, but I thought today would be a great time to talk about letters of recommendation uh, since I brought it up, I think for the first time today that I, I brought it up. Um, and you'll hear me ask some future schools about this as well. Uh, Megan and I were beginning to prepare for um, an upcoming mailbag episode uh, that we're going to try to do for the holidays. So by the way, please feel free to send in more of those questions at mailbag at mapping the college edition. Um, and I ran into a great one asking about some of the distinction of this process, including things like essays and letters of rec, et cetera. Um, so I'm going to take that as a bit of a note and try to get more granular moving forward. Um, we take both questions and notes at mailbag and mapping the college edition. Um, so we're going to try to get into more stuff like transcripts and essays and some of those aspects. You know, I've sometimes talked about the academics, but not really broken that down for you. And I'm going to try to do that a little bit more as we move forward. But this one with Matthew, I talked a bit about um, the letters of recommendation. So what I will say in general, before I get into the letters of rec, that, you know, with all of these things, there's not going to be one answer of this is how schools use it, right? For some schools, the essay matters a ton or maybe not at all. Um, the grades at one school are a huge impact. Sometimes it's just a bar to clear, right? Sometimes the SATs can give you a huge scholarship opportunity, or maybe they're not even allowed to factor them in at all at that school. So of course, with the entirety of your application, you want to do as good a job as possible. It can never hurt to have great grades, great SATs, great essays. Everything looks perfect. Your letters of record are amazing, et cetera, right? Um, you'll hear us talk about how your headshot or your resume is not the most important factor um, in admission. But that doesn't give you free reign to just like cut corners and have a sloppy resume or have a headshot that doesn't look like you, et cetera, right? All of these things, you want to consider them as much as possible. But in some of these calculations, and again, I'll try to go through each of these in future episodes a little bit more one-on-one, -on -one, we're definitely talking about how much time and effort you want to be spending on each of these factors compared to, say, preparing your audition. And for me, letters of recommendation should not be something you're spending your nights sweating over. Um, it can seem like a big deal to some people who maybe aren't as familiar with this process because for some job applications or maybe even other college applications, they absolutely could be more impactful. And of course, if you ever had a negative recommendation, that would absolutely be a problem, right? You notice Matthew talking about he's looking for what words aren't there, right? Um, if there ever was a sense you were difficult to work with or you had an attitude, oof, that would be, not be good. But this is not a place where you can likely distinguish yourself in a positive light. It's more about passing the bar and moving on, right? If your uncle happens to be best friends with Steven Spielberg, I think that'd be an interesting letter to read, of course. But even that is not going to make a big difference at most of these most competitive programs. You will need throughout your process a few different kinds of letters. So in preparing it, I would ask early in your process if you can. Ask these people as soon as you know uh, you can identify who you want. And depending on your list, you will likely be covered by having two artistic recommenders and two academic recommenders. And those academics should come from core subjects with some potential wiggle room on COVID. It's a whole larger conversation. This is aside from what your guidance counselor would write for you. And that's not to see that every school will need four, they won't, but those four will likely cover all of what you need across your different schools. Again, I say likely because you're going to want to double check your school list with any requirements to make sure that you actually have what they're actually asking for. But when you think about who to ask, which I think sometimes people spend a lot of time sweating over, I really like what Matthew said about the importance of letters speaking to your character. And of course, positively about your character. That is the biggest thing, and I'm going to say that's basically the only thing that matters. Aside from that Steven Spielberg example, people are not significantly weighing the difference between your local high school director or your community theater director, right? Even if your mind there's a huge difference between the status of those two people, or maybe it's the music director of a semi-professional company in the nearby town, the difference in stature of that individual, it's just not the goal. It's not what you're looking for. You're not trying to impress the school with, look who I know. And it's also not so important what they say about you artistically. That can sometimes throw people off, right? People get confused and think they need someone who'll say, this is the most talented actor I've ever seen, and I know acting. My name is Charlie Murphy, right? But for those audition day schools, the schools are making their artistic judgment based on what they say. They're not going to say, well, Charlie Murphy said that student is really good. I didn't think so, but maybe I should bump him up a few scores because he must know what he's talking about. It just doesn't work that way, right? However, 
if this person can speak toward the longevity of knowing you, can speak toward what kind of amazing human being you are, that can be the kind of thing that's harder to know in the room and exactly what you'd want your letter to say. You want them raving about the things that we wouldn't be able to immediately tell in the room. You know, some of those kindergarten skills we talked about with Gabe Ebert way back when and upcoming with James Jackson Jr. We're going to talk about, you know, the, those things where they say, oh, he plays really well with others, right? That's a great thing for a letter to say. Um, beyond that, truly don't lose too much sleep about these for audition-based programs. There are so many aspects of the process that need a ton of your attention, and this is just not one of those things that needs a ton of your attention. But if you do want to give our podcast a ton of attention, please hit that subscribe button. You can also share some of that attention and your own personal letter of recommendation via a five-star rating and a sterling review where you talk about my character and not my artistic ability. As mentioned, you can also reach out to us with questions for the pod at mailbag at mappingthecollegeedition.com or harass me on all social platforms at charmur7, that's C-H-A-R-M-U-R-7. If you're interested in working with MTCA for help with your individual prep, please check us out at mtcollegeeditions.com or follow us on all social platforms as well as check out the upcoming free junior workshop available in the show notes and on our website under events junior workshop, events arrow junior workshop. To my young artists out there mapping their journeys, I'm dedicating this challenge to our founder, Ellen Ledrick. Can you find the nerdiest thing about you and make it 10% nerdier? We love nerds. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.